Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast where we are going to discuss a defeat to Lincoln City at the weekend. We've already looked at it a little bit on the reaction pod. We're going to look at it again today. Maybe look forward to the Grimsby game because there's not a weekend game uh, to preview anyway. And just get the general thoughts on people because it seems like a bit of a landmark moment in the history of our football club. So, Is it really? Yeah, that's what it feels like after being there this week again. Joining myself and Gareth Barker, Richard Easterbrook. Good evening, you're right. Um, yeah, kind of depends. No, uh, Martin McFadden from Love Supreme as well is with us again. Hiya, how are you doing? Uh, okay, thanks. Um, you said it was rubbish to him, and then you said okay to him. That was a quick shift in mood, wasn't it? Super polite. Mm. Why been nasty, gen- Richard? Gen- nice to generally, Martin. I'm happy with life, Gareth. Do you know what I mean? Um, but mm. it's the football is is dragging me down a little bit. Has that um, not just been the case all of your life? <laughs> well, it kind of has, Martin. But I mean, th- this is something we discussed uh, after the game um, in the reaction show, and you were there, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> I was talking. He wasn't on the, was on the, was on the reaction, reaction show. show. Yeah, was, no, 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 no. I know you were the reaction <laughs> show, um, and uh, that was as bad as anything that we've seen in a couple of years, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. It was. Um, I mean, the fact that we haven't played Lincoln in the league in any of our lifetimes and it, I, I guess it's just like a, a sort of a marker of how low we've we've sunk and the fact that you know the fans he seemed to lost, lose the fans a few weeks ago like Bolton but now I feel as if he's lost the players as well because if they think that that's an acceptable performance but Lincoln I thought did really well but um, I think with the, the squad that we've got we should have been able to compete with them not necessarily just beat them for this you know automatically that, but we just we just didn't battle. that was a worrying thing wasn't it? i mean you would think if you didn't know anything about those two sides and you're watching that game you would think it was a premier league team playing against mm. a league one team or something well if you said oh something of this big team mm. with a great history of playing red and white you'd you'd think that lincoln <laughs> were in fact sunderland <laughs> we know somebody who uh <laughs> been out um the night um the night of the game um, a player? No, no. <laughs> well, and um, he texts the next day saying he didn't realise um, that we lost. He just put the highlights on. He was like, when when Lincoln scored, he was like, thought it was us because <laughs> he was like because he was hung over and he was absolutely gutted when they missed the penalty. When thinking, what, oh, and he, then he, he realised, oh, yeah, well, into the um, into like the highlights. highlights, and then realised that it was uh, Lincoln. <laughs> he was very hung over. <laughs> So yeah, it was Michael Lock, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't anybody of the the wise men say fraternity. Um, but no, it was. I thought was it, it was Jack Ross? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you got to try and keep positive somehow, haven't you? Well, if you want to try and put any sort of positive spin on it, it's that I think we did have a probably okay last season because we haven't seen a surrender like that really since the championship uh, and when we got relegated. I, and again, just to. I don't want to go uh, sound like a broken record. Go over stuff we talked about after the game, but Martin, you you just alluded to it there. This is basic stuff. This is Lincoln winning every second ball, winning every tackle, mm. looking like their players individually looking like they know what they're going to do when they get the ball. Yeah. Sunderland players were getting the ball, looking up, who wants it? Nobody. Okay, I'm just going to kick it five yards and hope hope somebody comes and gets it. Well, yeah, I think the thing for me as well was was that in the past when we've lost against. I mean, obviously we haven't lost that many games in the Jack Russell. We, when we failed to beat teams, you were like, oh, well, they were stronger there and they were stronger there. But like now we have like a back four where they're all quite big. You had like Power and O'Nine playing 
you know, and then obviously White up front. So in the past, you're like, oh, we've got a team of small players with Honeyman and Catamol and, and all that. But like now, we're actually kind of look like a League One team. But, but, we're, still, we're, still, but we're still not good enough, you know. And it's in, in, there's so much frustration surrounding <clears throat> the sort of limbo with the takeover and whether the manager's going to go, whether he would have already gone if the takeover had happened. That I think people are unhappy and, and a bit anxious anyway. So when you're not winning games, and it's it's just a, it's just carried on from last season, isn't it? Where we're we're all right, but we're just not quite good enough. It's going to be the same thing where <clears throat> we struggle again in the top two the way that we're playing, and you probably end up in the playoffs, and then that's no guarantee. I think the the worrying thing. I mean, I didn't I didn't see it on Saturday. I've seen the first goal. I'm not going to sit and watch Fair. the highlights of that. Um, I was away at the weekend, but it was you know hearing what people are saying about it it's there's an interesting sort of pattern that you know last season I would say you couldn't say about this team that the the down tools they were lacking quality of time or they were it's the first time but I, well I would say under Ross but I would I, say. well I would say maybe the Fleetwood game and the South End game last season there was a little mm, bit okay, of there yeah. was a little bit of that and then it's kind of and then we had that malaise after the South End game where people just didn't it seemed to just give up like it's like, oh, we're not going to get promoted in the playoffs. At the end of the season, we're done. And then it's kind of carried into this season where we've had a few performances where in 10 games where they've just stopped. Like they've stopped, you know, the, the Bolton game, the Peterborough game and the game on Saturday by all accounts. That's that's three games, three league games out of 10. Um, that's... That's a, that's worrying. That's a high percentage, and the trajectory since Madger left, and it is since Madger left, where yeah. it's gone wrong, has been downward. Um, I mean, even since, game, since, even since the checker trade, because I think yeah. even when Grigg first came, he looked like he was going to score, and he scored in yeah. the he scored in the semi final, got us there. He scored before that, and everything looked okay. And I'm not saying all hinges on on the decision, but we all know we all criticised the manager. Uh, for that game for the way he dealt with that game game management it seems to have been from that point for me yeah I mean that's when I st- the checker trade finals when yeah. I started like having doubts about them because it was it was obvious I went there and oh, I was going to enjoy the weekend I'm not bothered whether we're winning it's a bit of a joke cup and then obviously when, when we're in the lead I was like right that's it we're going to win and <laughs> got sucked in but then for, to, to leave like no striker on the pitch for the amount of time that he did and I was like watching him and he just <clears throat> couldn't make his mind up and I think that's his problem that he's just he can't make his mind up and then when he does he kind of is too cautious because he doesn't want, you know it's it's like the international game you know we've we, he wanted a second goalkeeper in so we didn't have to cancel these games Burge comes in keeps the only clean shit of the season his distribution's better than McLaughlin last three league games McLaughlin's conceded a goal which has been his fault you know Saturday's was an OG in like against MK Dons and, and Bolton he was at fault as well. So he's got to keep it in form. He had the opportunity to, like after the Sheffield game, to say to say to McLaughlin, it's kind of a bit of a soft drop. The internationals are coming up. He's done well. I'm going to give him a couple of games so we don't have to cancel the international. I'm not really dropping you full. And then when we come back, we'll... But instead, he keeps McLaughlin in, cancels the cancels the game against Fleetwood. So we've got like more games in hand. We're four, we're four further behind. So why did he ask? Why did he ask for like a goalkeeper is back up to McLaughlin and then still cancel the Burton and Fleetwood games? It's a, it's a, it's a question we've all asked. 
Um, and it's all these things stack up, don't they? The, the problem is, it, you, if you don't back up your decisions with results, it causes problems. Mm. And that's what we've had this discussion for the last few weeks where, um, you know, going back to the, I think the Atrington game was kind of the start of that kind of discussion around, well, we won the game comfortably, but people weren't happy with the way we played in the second half. It was indicative of a, you know, an attitude and approach to, to each game that has been far too evident, but as maybe, as people winning, give us, maybe people no, give us some but, slack now. But what they, I'm saying is... We could see it coming, that's why. Well, I don't think it's about seeing it coming. I think it's about... If you if you keep winning like that, then it's fine. And we have been getting results like that. So as long as you're doing that, you can just... Jack Ross can say, well, what are you on about? Mm. We've we, At that point, we'd won... We, we, we went on a run where we won five or six games. So he can say that, but the problem is when you dropping points away at Lincoln who have only you know won one in ten or something you're dropping points away at Bolton who you know hadn't had a team until you know a month ago that's the problem when you've got the players that we've got and that Bolton team look more cohesive at times than the group of players that we've but every got team, that's, this, a, that's a yeah, problem and, and, and if you don't win games all of those little all of those little things come under scrutiny and it, it becomes more, fr- it, and the, the the less frequently you're winning. And this is the thing, though, isn't it? This is what we keep going back to, Richard. We sides play against us, and they seem to know, players uh, they move the ball with purpose. They seem to know. They seem to know what runs to make. You seem to know what's coming next. I'd worked out the way Lincoln were playing after five minutes. Yeah. Um, who was overlapping who, and you just don't see that from us. It is general. It is just as if the players are making it up as they go along at times, yeah. and, and relying on individual ability. It looked as though I mean I could see it from from home watching it watching it on the feed and I could see that that the tactics that we were using at the, at the time just weren't working and they weren't changing it and it was just basically pitch it up to, to Charlie Wyke and see what we can get from that or put a cross in for Charlie Wyke. They had two centre halves that were gobbling everything up, you know, they were clearing everything that came towards them, and who conceded six a couple of weeks yeah, before at home. Mm. And 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 if I can see that as a, a mere punter, just a man, you know, I'm just sitting here and saying. That, that needs to change. Surely Ross could have seen that. And we've praised Ross in the past for making positive decisions, you know, good game management and things like that. But he's doing none of that at the moment. But it's, it it's, just a, seems di- it's a distant past as well. That's the problem with yeah. the, with the, with the compliments, uh, you know, yeah. a, a think, long time ago. I think he's exactly. already in that mindset as well, isn't he? When, like on like press conferences post-match. When we win, he's he's almost like, well, yeah, we had to win because if we don't, there's a major catastrophe here. Or like, I know a draw. He's already got that negative yeah. sort mm-hmm. of like vibe in his head instead of just rising above it, like you know, a bigger man would, or somebody who's who's just kind of like, well, this is a big job. I know I'm going to have to take that kind of flack, so I'm not even going to react to it. I'm just going to sort of say, well, you know, it is my. You know, he said he said last season, if he didn't get promoted, then he would have failed. And then when I interviewed him at the start of the season, I asked him that question and he said, and he answered it by saying that he felt as if they overachieved last year. So I don't know where, I don't know where his remit about us getting out of this league changed, but I think people were kind of acceptant and eventually begrudgingly sort of happy to have one season in, in League One. Like obviously we've got no divine rights to get out of the league as, as has been proven, but it was like, oh yeah, if we do it in one year, then it'll look back. In the same way as the previous generations mm. had that year in the third, and now it's kind of like, well, we really need to go up this year now. So we're a quarter of the way into the season. Something's something's got to change, you know, because 
Ipswich look like they might run away with it, which only leaves like one league position automatic. And then if we have a third year in the third tier, then, you know, what's going to happen to our football club? Well, I mean, if, yeah. if, if, they thought, if they thought that playoffs and playoff final was overachieving, then they should have been planning for this season earlier than they were. So Ipswich, last season, for example, knew they were going to get relegated. Yeah. And Lambert Apiece have been planning for this season the whole time, which makes a difference. Yeah, a, it implies to me that they didn't think it was overachieving. They thought it was underachieving. Well, I think it's such a weak league that if you, if you come down and not in the way that we did because we were a shambles but if you come down without like a load of Premier League players that you've got to get rid of and you've got like the basis of a squad it's like Burton Barnsley and Ipswich have now proved that if you actually come down and hang on to some of your team and you're still a functional you know team then the chances are you'll go straight back up but because everything had to be stripped down and, and started again for us it's kind of acceptable but disappointing the first year not to go up and get to the playoff final and lose then yeah, okay, fair enough. But like this year, there's there's now no excuse. I think it's worrying that we're played, we're playing better than last year, and, mm. you know, and, and we're still getting criticised at the moment. We're having, we're playing games where we're having spells of decent play for sort of twenty minutes, and then if we don't capitalise in that spell, because mm. every time I don't know what you guys think but when I'm at the match I'm watching us and when we have that dominant spell and we don't score you just go well that's it now because they're going to score yeah. at some point in the game and we haven't we haven't taken the chance and if they score when we still 1-0 one, one up and it goes to 1-1 one, one, well that's it I mean we, have, we haven't kept the mood, a, change, the mood changes straight away we haven't and, kept a clean sheet in the league have we and, no. and like, unless like Maguire or Gidi or somebody creative does something special like it's not like we're getting continual it's not like we're scoring a load of goals from set pieces like we were when Ledbetter first came in. Like the kind of like worldies at the minute, aren't they? The goals, the goals that we've been scoring have been like great goals, but they haven't been as a result of continual pressure where we're where we're breaking teams down. And last year, I kind of felt as if a lot of teams were showing us too much too much respect. And then I thought, if people actually have a go at us, instead of like parking the bus, we're going to lose more games. And like Lincoln had a go. Well, you know, as, as well, I was thinking if you're using last last season as a as a comparison, I mean, somebody can point out, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure we didn't concede more than two goals in a game until Christmas when we lost three, um, three one at Portsmouth. Mm. Before that, it might have only been it may have only been once because we drew two all at Walsall. But I don't think we'd cons- I can't remember was it us two cons- one at, at um at Burton as well. So I like- think I think that's it. Was Whereas it, this season, and we'd scored in every game up mm. until um, the the Barnsley game at near the end of last season, mm. which is no disgrace because they, were, I think, they had the best defence in the league by the end of the season. Barnsley. This season, we've gone. We've we haven't scored in two games. We've conceded. We've been beaten three 0 and two 0 And again, I wasn't. I haven't seen the game, but all the accounts suggest we could have lost that game four 0 and people wouldn't have people couldn't have complained about it been, I mean obviously yeah, they missed the penalty and I think out of the strikers as well there's only McNulty who looks like he's got goals yeah. in him but then at the same time with Wyke uh, sorry with, with Greg I'm not sticking up for him because his record's been poor and he can't even get the Northern Ireland team now you know um, I can't remember him missing a boatload of chances no. because of the way that we're playing whereas you know when we had Phillips and Marco and Bent and Defoe 
they'd, they'd miss as many as they scored, this, this but, but, the scored. But, but we would play the. It's you never know. been it's, a side that's created chances. No, it's an interesting starters. thing because I, I know when Craig Clark ever comes on here, he always he's been saying for a while now that um, Will Grigg will be uh, Gus Poyer's Jermaine Defoe. Now, what he mean, what he means by that, obviously, we all know that uh, to provide context, not that probably most people need it, was Gus Poyet was desperate for his side uh, to find somebody who scored goals. He went out and signed Jermaine Defoe, used the Tottenham links, and then didn't really know how to play Jermaine Defoe, did he? I don't well, think Dick, I don't think Dick yeah, Abbott did either when he well, came he in. After. The, he played yeah, him right so, wing. So, so, but the point I'm trying to get to is just to expand on the point Craig makes there, which is a good one. When Sam Allardyce come in. What did he do? Would Sam Allardyce, firstly, would Sam Allardyce ever sign a player like Jermaine Defoe at a club he's at? He wouldn't, would he? It's not his kind of centre forward. So what did he do? He thought, well, the goals in this team will come from one person and he found a way to make Jermaine Defoe score goals. And, and that, that, to me, is a, is a difference between somebody who can adapt tactically because it's not, not, it wasn't, he's not a Sam Allardyce kind of player, but he prioritised making him score goals initially and as he well, found a way to do it when initially Aldice came in the Newcastle game he, he didn't start the game did he I think Toivonen got injured after about 20 it's minutes the second game his groin more, yeah. and then uh, right, Defoe yeah. came off the bench in in League One you don't have the, the you know you don't have the luxury of being able to, to build a team in the mould of, of, of the manager you know the managers deal with it, the side that they have you know maybe maybe the likes of the Cowleys who've built a team over, over years but you know, certainly, with a manager with a two-year contract, you're not going to get, a, you know, his his identity stamped on the team. It, it almost seems like that Will Grigg has been a luxury, or it's like kind of an un- unnecessary player in the team. When what we need to do in the summer is build a team around him because he's he is an asset. You know, his goals speak for for themselves. It's not through the want of trying that that he's you know that he's not scored the goals this season. It's it's a lack of chance creation. That that was a problem last season as well. You know, Madger would would score and. A superhero amount of a superhuman amount of goals because he was creating chances for himself, and it's not happening this season. And, and there's a few chickens coming home to roost. Mm. No, it's a it's a good point. I think as well as like I think Grig prospers in a four four two. He said he never played in a four four two. What a Wigan? No, he said he plays one up front. Or always right. play one up. So it's it, I don't think it's a four. It's it's variations, I guess, of four four two. Yeah, but it's finding a way. It's finding a way to, to like to be. I think the problem now, and we say this all the time, and also some people might bristle at it and get a bit defensive. Mm. I'm sorry, like if you feel as though you're, you're being like personally criticised here, but like how come Charlie White can just be garbage week in week out, and people like clap along and, and like is a comedy figure, mm-hmm. and then but Will Grigg, the ball. A ball's twenty yards in front of him, and he doesn't chase after it quick enough, and he's getting pelters. It's like I suppose because he costs like three yeah, times. But as so much he didn't. He didn't. He no, no, he was I, in his pajamas at home really when when we put that bit in. Do you know what I mean? For context, do you want to, do I mean, was he wearing pajamas? Not, well, that's what he said again when we spoke <laughs> to him. He said he was in bed in his pajamas. You can go back and listen to that podcast if but, you want, and but, then blame Gareth for putting loads well, of pressure. Well, yeah, on him I, did, I did. I did do. I did do. Well, to be fair, <laughs> I said exactly. What would happen if he didn't score goals, and mm. that's exactly what's happened. But if you look at his show reel of the goals that he scored in his career, the like the on like on the break balls yeah. it balls in from crosses <clears throat> like first like first time shots straight down straight, the side straight defenders. In, yeah exactly. And Charlie White's goals are all like sort of 
headers across the goal, you know, it's like crosses coming in. Six-yard box finishes. Yeah, exactly. And at the, at the start of the season, I think Ross kept going on about how many crosses we got in the box. Can you remember, like, oh, we didn't play well against Oxford, but we got, like, 42 crosses in the box. And I think that's that was his plan with the um, with a different formation, which which he then withdrew, you know. I mean, I guess you can talk about it all day, but, like, we haven't played well, like, since whenever, you yeah. know. And, and we've started, this season's just, like, a continuation from last season where yeah. we're not showing any signs of being in the top two and all the lessons that we should have learned last year like well, that, we haven't learned this is the alarming yeah. thing that people on the outside might look and go well you're fifth oh well sorry I don't think we are now oh, seven sixth six are we sixth yeah and I said a few weeks ago I want to be going into the Lincoln game near enough top mm. and if you look at it if we'd beaten Bolton and beating Rotherham, we would be second, mm. even if we lost at the weekend. Um, so we're not that far off. But that just highlights how crap the division uh, oh, is. Oh, it is. It's this it? year. It's, it's definitely bigger this year. Oh, yeah. Massively so. And that's why there's n- that's why the, the it's, there's nothing to get. I think too worried about at the moment because we could just with the players we've got, and we're definitely deficient in areas. And I, I think the squad's weaker than last season, which also shows you. Do you think so? Definitely, for a number of reasons. I think do, you, do you not think so? I think on I think on paper he's like you know obviously it wasn't isn't played on paper as Brian Clough used to say but I think he's I think he's covered the areas that he needed to do. He needed to be big and strong at the back. He needed a backup keeper. I think it's more to do with. I think the centre half positions are strong. Yeah, yeah. is Lawrence is, 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 is Debock and Hume better than having Hume, Oviedo, and James? Mm. We well, haven't. I think. Got, I, uh, think is, I think. I think. As, a, as Matthew, a whole, we had Matthews. We've got McLaughlin and and or nine. Yeah, We're I not mean, like full how many, are massively important exactly, in the game Matthews now. and Oviedo didn't really play that much, did they? But well, Matthews played quite a lot. But I just, I just think the two central defenders were, is what was letting us down last year. So he has, he has like sort of. I think. I think the two that he's brought in look decent. I was never a massive fan of of Catamolan. I think as as it went on his injuries caught up with him more and more and he was like slower and slower so we were like you know if you watch if you watch the playoff final again you know on no, on, on, on seven on, which nobody ever would want I used to say this I am that's why I support <laughs> Sunderland but Cannibal's tra- telling everyone to calm down after like seven minutes and slow the game down you know when we're winning 1-0 instead of going for it because he's he's trying to he obviously knows he's going to be knackered later on in the game so with with Ledbetter and Catamore, we need more. We needed more legs in midfield. That could be, man, that could be instructions from the bench, you know, because yeah. th- this mm. is something we keep asking all the time. Again, going back to it, the intensity Lincoln showed in the first twenty minutes, and the players weren't matching it. So they're either not matching it because they've been instructed not to match it, and Jack Ross likes his players just to ease himself into the game and say our quality will come through if you keep a clean sheet. That he keeps referring to, we need to keep a clean sheet, even though we haven't. Or the players are taking that that own individual decision mm. not to match the intensity of the opposition. I think we found out last year when we when we were playing away that the early games at Gillingham, Wimbledon, where they scored, and then eventually I think when we got to the Shrewsbury game, it was like, well, if we can, teams are going to come at us the way the way that we were all up for games against the, the top the top six in, in the Premier League. You try extra hard as the you know like in the first the first phase of the game, and if they don't score in the first twenty minutes or the first half, then eventually we, like we wear them down. So I think that was 
and is his plan. And it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if if McLaughlin hadn't have contributed an own goal um, on Saturday. But then there was obviously enough opportunities for them to score four, you know, missed a penalty and all the chances that they had. Um, but I think they would have got disheartened if they hadn't have scored early on and it could have been a different game, but it, it wasn't. It's, it's like you said before, if we had beat Bolton, if we'd done this, we, we, we didn't, you know. Not all, well, absolutely we didn't. And, you know, now you want to get yourself into a position where we're always, we've been, since we've got relegated, we're just chasing. We're always like, well, if we do, if we win our games in hand, if mm. if we just beat, if we beat Barnsley, this, or, or if we beat um, Luton or whatever, we'll go top. If we beat this team, we'll go top. And we don't, and then we don't, we'd like drop off a little bit. We have a a week where there's an international break and then the teams get away from us again. Mm-hmm. We've never had a situation where we've just got in, got our heads in front and then it's, well, if you drop a point here and there, you're still in front. The mm-hmm. pressure's on the chasing pack. We haven't built up like We've it. never we done it. We've, never, we've never built up a lead. And like it's, you, it's, you it's see this two-point two game thing, sorry. It, it's this two-point game thing. It keeps getting brought up and I don't ever remember someone like Peter Reid mentioning, you know, well, we're at least about two points a game now. It, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, no, we're probably well away from that yeah. now, but it it seems to be encouraging the team to to play within themselves and to think, well, two points a game is good enough. Mm. That is going out and try and win as well, many. Well, two games. points a game is good enough, but you need to be going at two point <clears throat> six points a game, and then if yeah. you drop one and you drop down to two, give yourself you, a bit of give you give yourself some breathing comfort, space. Yeah. The problem is we're we're always going at like one point eight, one point nine points a game, and then we get to two points a game and we're not quite over the hump because usually teams come out get away and then when the season gets into it they'll, and the pressure comes and you know the, the injuries come they'll drop a few points and then maybe accelerate away again exactly I mean I, I thought it was interesting I'm not that much of a, a stat man but before the game on Saturday we had exactly the same statistics as we did at this point last year but then at this point last year we went to Bradford had a man sent off, you know, fought back and everyone fought and we and we still won and the fans were unified. And then in complete contrast on Saturday, people are arguing amongst themselves again, you know, pushing each other around. It was it was it was it was vile really. It was a horrible there was a horrible atmosphere and people are anxious about the takeover <clears throat> where the manager should get sacked. And then but like Bradford last year was 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 almost like one of the favourite away games. You know, it's it, it got to that point where it was the same. And then you compare Bradford to Lincoln it's just like night and day and obviously now we're in this international break people really need something to happen within within within, oh, within, well, within that time you know it, it's doubly problematic now because I bet he's wishing he didn't call oh, that game well, off now because the next mm. game is Link, mm. uh, Wickham away mm. now it's it's sad because I'm thinking oh Wickham away can we handle Sun- Sunderland like yeah. I know people go arrogant. You you, you don't go in with the attitude. That like, it's arrogance. You you're in the league. You're in. You're on a level playing field with the teams in that league. Blah blah. That's fine. Sorry, like, but as a as a club, we are not used to being in the third division, worrying about going to Wickham. We need more arrogance than self belief, and I don't think the manager's given them it. Yeah. I think like normally when you take the lead in a game, you know, we we would go to say Everton away would match them, and then they'd get a goal, and then they'd go on like a purple patch because they had like the confidence of. When we take the lead, we go into our shells because it's like, oh, we've got to protect the lead mm. instead of actually like go and get a second goal. Like you know, we're, you know, we're playing against teams. 
If we if we lose at Wigan, I don't think he can survive that. I don't think he'll be there by Wigan. Really? Well, do you, do you think he should be? You know, well, it's whether or not he should be. There's yeah. a multitude of reasons why he probably well, still I, would obviously be. Obviously, the ideal time to like, fire is, him now. The, can they afford to fire him? If they can take, they afford not to fire if they, him? If the takeover's happening, going to happen, whatever, mm. they're going to have to consult with them and say, look, we are making this decision. If it's as far down the line as it's been discussed, mm. if people believe that, they're going to have to have a consultation with the incoming party and say, look, we're going to make this decision. And what is the what is the plan for a holding period while this could still happen? Because there's no point in appointing a manager that they would not want or is not in the plan or however they're going to manage the football side of the business, whether... Mm. Um, you know, Stuart Donnell and Charlie Methvin and, and the other parties involved from the football side are still there when no, the takeover yeah, happens. So I think, they've, I think got, they've got massive problems around that. I know what you're saying. I think the ownership, in, in some respects, have also created that feeling around, well, we're a League One club. We should accept that we're a League One club and not be arrogant as well. It's not just yes. the manager. It's been the whole thing. No, I agree. I just, I just think in the meantime, because we've been in this, you know, since last February, we've been looking actively to sell the club. You know, we've that, been looking at you sell the club since we got since we were in the Premier League. Yeah, of course, but like the the current owners been looking actively to sell the club since last since last February. You know, since since they spent that money on Grig, and then it was like this isn't part of the plan to bring in people on free transfers and two hundred thousand pound we've overpaid for whatever reason. And then there was the whole Campbell thing, but you at the same time they've still got to run the club. You know, so there's no like if the, if the takeover, well, not if the takeover, the takeover's been obviously been held up to a point where you would have hoped it would have gone through by now, but because it hasn't, the current owners obviously have to like step up and say, well, if they don't believe that Jack Ross is the man for the job, they need to get rid of him, and if the if the next manager isn't ready to come in until the take if and when the takeover happens, then something needs to happen in in the interim, whether it's Bawley. Or whatever, well, but I, but I, I feel at the minute, I think if Bawley came in, there wouldn't be like a massive outcry because it's happened so many times before. But I think at the minute, the players aren't playing for Jack Ross. We haven't progressed. We're slipping down the league, and there's actually to blame Jack Ross is probably is probably a bit naive because there's lots of there's lots of negative things. But ultimately, it's the manager that gets the sack. You know. And he hasn't sort of learned from his lessons of last year. He doesn't seem that happy. It, it's in the job. it was interesting the first time. After, it was the first time after the defeat against Lincoln where he's, he's kind of had a go at his players and said, that's yeah. not good enough. It's embarrassing. Mm. Now, I think he would have bought himself some more time if he'd reacted like that previously instead of taking the approach Maybe. like you say, like, you, you, like you've all mentioned, um, getting a bit defensive about it, saying, well, you know, almost like having a veiled dig at the fans by saying, well, it's massive pressure if you don't win here, but he always protects his players. He always he always tries to make the situation sound like it's better than it is. And um, it was off the back of Chris Wilder's comments the, the other week, wasn't it, when when he came out and said, they, they fluked the way to a 1-0 win at Everton. And he says, no, I'm not going to pretend we played well there because the fans aren't idiots or the punt. I'm not going to yeah. uh, mug the punters off like that. And that's what you want because we can, we've, we've got eyes and we can see what's happening. And it's just interesting. That, is that because he knows he's in real trouble now, and he, it's a it's a tactic to to try and acknowledge your fans and say I'm with you Maybe. on this? But he should I have been he should have been doing this before. Like, he Chris Wilder's not a barometer for for that. 
because he, nobody, I'm not, no, Gareth, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, name, saying, I'm just giving an example yeah, of, a, of a manager. I know you reason. don't like Chris Wilder, no, but no, I'm, just no. giving, I'm giving an example <laughs> no. of a manager who's come out that's not what I was going and, to say. and said, you know, the, the fans aren't stupid. No, and I think fans will what, prefer no, that. It's nothing to do with not liking Chris Wilder. What I'm saying is the reason you can pull that as an example is because he's the only person who does it. Mm. Um, I, I, he I, he's probably not. He is, is it because he's in the Premier League? So those comments, everybody reaches those comments. It's all generic answers. Like it is, it is, a, it is a weird situation with Ross as well, isn't it? Because he could have gone in the summer. He might have thought about going in the summer. Um, he could have been sacked in the summer, but they decided to to keep him and he decided to stay. But at the minute, he's not going to resign, is he? Because then he'll get rid of his compensation clause. So even if he wants to go, he's going to stay for the compensation. Well, and, and this is something that, you know, for all the... Tub thumping last season about, oh, we finally got, you know, a group of players who wear the heart on the sleeves and give everything for the club, blah, 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 because we're in this division, isn't it great? Players at this level still down tools when they're not happy. Mm. Well, I think I think it is, I think what it is is I don't think no one is pathetic as it was. I just think you're not getting that extra 10, 15%, that turn a defeat into a draw or a draw into a win, you know, like the feeling that we had under Keane where they were like scared to go back into the dressing room after a game where you they had that fire in the bellies laid on. I think there's a number of issues. I mean, like some of the people, some of the players in the team actually look unfit and overweight. Like McNulty and, and Maguire are both, are both. I mean, McNulty's come back. He looks like he's put on weight since he, since he was injured, which maybe that happens in League One, but Lincoln looked pretty lean. And I, I don't, I don't think we kind of, I think we run out of steam at the end of, at the end of games. You know, when Sam, when Big Sam came in, he, he concentrated on the fitness. I think we need to start questioning the fitness of players as well. That's, always, that's always the thing, isn't it? Fitness. When when things are going wrong, people start talking about the fitness, and then the new manager comes in and is like, "Oh, we're, we're loads fitter now." And then by the but, end of it, I'm not. I'm not going to go you. By no, the way, it's just it's it, it, no. You've but, already had a go at Steven, so there's, but there's the reason, plenty room for domestics. But the reason is because people start looking mm. when things are going wrong. Well, it's this, it's that, and it's always the same things that people point to. I really like Jack Ross I think this is what, what seems to be prefixing or suffixing everything that we say about Jack Ross in the last six weeks is that I like Jack Ross mm-hmm. and he's intelligent and, he's yeah, articulate I'm, you know. I'm, I'm not particularly for or against him as a person I've never met him so I don't know what he's like but I just think we've got to take that out of the equation. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. I don't think anybody is. Um, I mean everyone wants him to succeed as Sunderland manager as we do every Sunderland manager but I think I think he's been given, you know, quite a lot of opportunities and in in a decent budget, and and it, it's not working at the minute, is it? Well, it hasn't been working for a long time in mm. many respects, and now it's manifesting itself in more negative results. Um, you know, if, if you you look at how many games we've lost, and that I know that's you know we've lost ten now. I think how many of them have we lost since? end of April, May, yeah. we beat, got beaten off Coventry, we got beaten off Fleetwood, we got beaten off Southend, we've been beaten off Lincoln and we've been beaten off, uh, um, what do you call them, who else do we have beaten off, Peterborough, Peterborough. and we drew with and we lost Bolton, the final, guess, lost yeah. the playoff final. So we've lost six games in the mm. last five months and three of those we've been, you know, they've, they've had their feet up, so... So no no weekend game to preview. Um, it, things could be very different by the time we next return for a pod because we'll be previewing the, the next league game. Um, we might be back. I guess we could do a special if something happens. 
Yeah. If you want we'll a complete we'll takeover see. in the next two weeks, we'll see, yeah. then that'll be ideal. Um, if you're just, listening. Just, just, just for content. Just I mean, well, I mean, just for, well, for content and content. content. Yeah. Just to finish I up, like it. Um, yeah. we did a poll, uh, Ross in, Ross out. I don't like to do it, but like Richard's just said, that I generally don't like to do it because I like him. We've not been shy to do this before, so I think it's only fair to do it. Uh, 2,000 people have voted, um, and the question was Ross in or Ross out, and 86% gave the answer that you're expecting. Like well, that's, you don't, pretty, you don't need me, that's pretty equal to we did a poll you went in a little earlier than us, didn't you? Yeah, we we, t- we tend to do knee jerk pulls just after the <laughs> after the final whistle, just to see how people are. And sometimes you run the same one on a Monday, and the results are different. But mm. ours was eighty five fifteen with four thousand votes. So like that's like a massive. Both mm. of those votes is like a massive sample, isn't it? You know. And but then we ran a similar poll after um, Bolton, which gave a similar result, eighty twenty. But then after the Milton Keynes game. It was like fifty three forty seven in his favour. Which is still so, not a massive swing. But I guess it's like a results based industry, isn't it? It certainly is. So we'll be back whenever. Are we not talking about Grimsby like? <laughs> well, no point. Can it be asked? Thanks for yeah, listening. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>